Okay. Says we're going live. Says we are going live. Okay. And we are live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Roundtable with the Stream Team. And this is when we come here and talk to our content creator friends about their journeys and, you know, their hobbies and, you know, what, you know, what, what they're doing today and how, you know, how they how they kind of grew with their with their uh, content creator community uh today we actually have a uh, a very good friend of ours from uh from hoag law his name is uh richard hoke uh he, or as others like to call him uh you know aka mr uh, virtual legality uh so how are you doing hoke how are you i'm doing okay I i'm not infected with anything as far as i know this evening so we're doing all right so far uh, oh perfect perfect got, got your vaccine in you're all good I'm I'm set. I'm on lockdown here in my office. <laughs> excellent, excellent, good. So uh, uh, we also have our uh, our other friends here to this evening. We have uh, Mr. MJ is a boss. How you doing, bud? What's popping? What's popping? Uh, nothing. Actually, doing pretty damn well. Doing good. Hanging in there. Still recovering from packs. But other yep. than that, doing fantastic. So. Good. I'm happy. Uh, happy that he, you know, you're able to come. I hope you're enjoying your uh, spring break. Are you? Aren't you on spring break now? Yeah. Yeah. You yep. got to just. You're relaxing. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad midterms are over. Good. Good. Are you? Are you at least getting a little gaming in? Tiny bit. Tiny bit of gaming. Good. Yeah. They gotta make get. Gotta play catch up, my man. Make sure you don't have too much of a backlog. What game? It's called Catch Up. You said. Yes, Catch Up. Catch Up, aka my friend Pedro. Oh. Uh. Yes, yeah, you got that. So, and then we have our lady of the group, uh, our good friend, L Boogie 0208. How are you doing, L? Hello. How how are things been? Pretty good. I'm, uh, yeah, pretty good. I was sick last week, though. Oh, it's a good thing we didn't have a show last week. I know, right? <laughs> how did you feel when I sent you that message on the show floor of Animal Crossing? Um, upset because I said get me something and then you didn't respond. So, well, I'm sorry. Did, did <laughs> yeah, I, did they I, just did... didn't even respond to me. Just oh, all I'm, right. I'm I'm sorry. Did I tell you of the debacle of Animal Crossing that I had? No, what happened? So, so a little 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 quick Paxi story for everybody. So when we were doing uh, when we went to the Animal Crossing booth, we ended up um, doing me and uh, and Lord Jean. We ended up doing a little bit of gameplay, and you know you can check us out on uh, you know the Iron Lords podcast YouTube page. And um, we finished the show. We finished doing everything, and they were like, "Okay, guys, you got to move here." So we kind of they kind of forced us into a corner, and they were like, "You must stay here." And I was like, um, "This is like media hour. We have like an hour to see as much as we can." And then they were just like, you cannot leave. And they like let us, they, they made us sit in a corner. And I was like, can we go now? They're like, no. And then the other woman that we were with in our group was like, you can't hold me here and smack the velvet rope. So it like kind of just like <laughs> fell to the floor and slipped back. And she's like, see ya. And she walked out and I was like, bye-bye. And I just followed her and Jean followed me too. It was one of the funniest situations. But it was just like, oh my god! I, only Nintendo would try to like hold you there for the full media hour, so you didn't see anybody else. Oh, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It was just like I was like, no, I was like, this is great. But, but yeah, I was thinking of you. If it makes you feel any better, it doesn't. You're oh. supposed to get the pen. The what? The something pen. like the, the pins? Probably a napkin or something. Shoot. Na yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I should have taken a picture. I'm sorry. They had a huge, the booth was huge. It had like a full Animal Crossing, like, village. For sure. Thing. Remember what they did? Oh, no, you didn't go. So last year at E3, when they had the Zelda thing, like, that shit was like all encompassing. <laughs> Nintendo booth. Ooh. Huge. Well, hopefully, E3 this year, if it goes off, you'll yeah, be, no. <laughs> be able to run through Nintendo Land. Yeah. I'm <laughs> hopeful, but I still think that they're going to use this as an excuse to yeah. stop it. Yeah, I feel the same way. That's I, I and I don't I don't want to discuss it because it's just gonna make me and everybody else mad. So, <laughs> oh, so um, but anyway, anyway, we're we're here for for Hogue. Uh, as but uh, as everyone knows, it's me, Pete, also known as Naldo here. Uh, you know, kind of uh, steering the ship, if you will, uh, for for our our show. Um, and as you guys know, 
PAX East, amazing, was there, super busy. It's been fantastic. And everyone else that is listening, uh, hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, if we lose internet connection, I am so sorry, but as of lately, it's been good. Knock on wood. Hopefully it doesn't break. If it does not work, I am sorry, but I still love you. Um, so anyway, Mr. Hogue. That's uh, me. So, so why don't you go ahead and tell us about your, you know, you being a content creator, why you decided to start one, your whole journey of, of like why you went from, I'm going from law, like from being a lawyer into being a content creator lawyer and and you know tell, tell us about that because you know what most people are like i'm a lawyer this is going to be fantastic and then they don't think hey i'm going to make virtual legality to make a youtube page like this and it's going to be keep going with it so why don't you go ahead and tell us about it yeah you know i think it's a multifaceted process for me it, it's just the typical story of a venture capital and mergers acquisitions lawyer that just one day <laughs> decides to start a youtube channel um but that's really my background. So I went to Michigan Law School. Uh, I graduated now eons ago in 2005. I worked in Ann Arbor uh, for the bulk of my career doing law in mergers and acquisitions and venture capital, helping tech spinoffs from the university. And essentially my story in terms of software and technology from a professional basis kind of begins there. So 2008 rolls around and I'm a venture capital lawyer. And as you probably are aware of in 2008, 2009, uh, a lot of people weren't investing money in a lot of stuff. It was a downturn in the economy. And my firm came to me and said, uh, that's fine. You know, we're, we're in this together, but you need to go find another specialty and, and figure out what you're gonna do uh, to help the firm. And so I looked at what I was doing. I looked at what I liked and I said, I love technology. I love software. I've, I've had a lifelong love of video games which really came from my father. Uh, my father was the kind of guy that in the 80s, we had the Atari 2600 and we had the old Mac with the cardboard chimney on the top of it. And we oh. had an Intellivision. Uh, we I had- have, I have Intellivision, I'm just gonna say this. Yeah. I still have my Intellivision and it works. And nice. I love it. And it's one of those things that my, my parents are like, oh, do we still want this? And I'm like, no, because it still <laughs> works. But anyway, I'm sorry. I, I, no, no, uh, not at all. No, so, so I, you know, I went through my life, uh, you know, I, I remember my dad sneaking a Super Nintendo to me and my brother without <laughs> telling my mom. Amazing. Um, and so, you know, we had, and we had everything. Dad just really loved technology. His dad was a scientist. And so we just had this kind of love of it. So we had a CDI, we had a Turbo Graphics, we had a 3DO. Um, and, and that just kind of continued and continued and continued. So in 2008, I'm looking at what I want to do and I say, Hey, you know, software as a service, which Microsoft had really only flipped to Oracle had really only flipped to kind of a little bit earlier than that. My firm, biggest law firm in Michigan had a small group handling. It didn't have a ton of people doing software and in particular SAS. So I said, all right, I'm going to learn that. I'm going to go, I'm going to read some treatises. I'm going to go and attend some seminars. And I became the software guy and the software custom development contract guy and all this kind of stuff. And doing that, I met a lot of cool people. I met some people that were making, you know, augmented reality dragons to pop out of mall kiosks and uh, all this very cool stuff that is what I really love about working in what I work in, which is, you know, helping generally small businesses get formed and funded. And I tell people, you know, I do the tech spinoffs from the university that have all this cool biopharmaceuticals and, and life sciences stuff and now software stuff and video game stuff. And I love that. I call it, you know, James Bond technology. You would not uh -huh. believe some of the medical stuff that's kind of on the way. Um, and that's what I really love. I love that entrepreneurial spirit. I love kind of working with those people. Um, and so my initial goal working at the firm was to be made equity partner, right? That's what you see in all the Disney movies and all the television shows. You want to make partner and you put in the hours mm -hmm. and do all this stuff. And I was made partner in 2014. And that was great. I accomplished my goal. And I looked around and said, I don't really want to just do this forever. Um, so 2015, 2016, I start thinking about what I'm going to do instead. 2016, I leave to start my own firm, actually with a buddy um, who was a good friend of mine, still a good friend of mine. And we left to start a firm together. And after a little while, a little bit of time, it was clear that that particular buddy wasn't enjoying the entrepreneurial uh, endeavor as much as he thought he would before he left. So he decided he wanted to go back to big law. Don't blame him. Salary checks are nice, uh, rather than wondering where the next uh, bit of money is going to come from. But that left me looking at start, uh, having my own firm or deciding to go back myself. 
Mm-hmm. So in 2016, in the fall, I decided to start Hogue Law and just kind of figuring out how to order, order toner and what, you know, assistants had been doing for me for 13 years and just kind of figuring out how to operate was its own kind of adventure for six months. And then 2017, I start deciding, okay, we're going to put marketing dollars in play because we don't have the name of a big firm. We're going to figure out what we're going to do. And in 2017 rolls around and I see that the game trailers folks had gone off and done their own thing, which they call easy allies. And they had a sponsorship that was open and I was sponsoring various things that I liked. So Hoglaw is a sponsor of MGO blog because I'm a Michigan Wolverine till the mm-hmm. day I die. And so we sponsor that. And I talk to those guys. I'm on their podcast. We have fun with that. And I sponsored easy allies for more than two and a half years. Uh, really right up until just before they wound up ending their Patreon sponsorship. So you can't even do that anymore. And in doing that, I I don't know if you follow the Easy Allies. I don't know if any of your viewers are listening to watch them. Um, I, don't, I don't, but continue. Okay. Yeah. Well, as part of their show, uh, their main podcast, they wound up having a few legal questions. Uh, and so Kyle Bossman, who heads their podcast, would contact me Uh, And he would ask me a question about the Bungie Activision contract, which leaked when the Infinity War lawsuit happened. Right, right. Or about whether fan games are infringing on uh, publishers' copyrights or why they exist or why shouldn't they exist or what, you know, just general concepts about those kinds of things. And he would ask me the questions and I would send them big, long, lawyery answers, uh, which were hopefully (laughs) simple enough to understand. And this became a segment on Easy Allies uh, called Help Us Out Hogue. Uh, which I think there are about a dozen of. And so I kept doing that. And and then I was marketing myself on the radio. So I was here locally in Ann Arbor doing a radio show for the Michigan Wolverines kind of sports broadcast in midday, which got me a couple clients. And I found that I was doing that pretty well. Uh, you know, I get paid to talk, so it, it is yeah. what it is. But uh, with those kinds of his background, with people enjoying the Help Us Out Hoag segments in a video game context, which I wasn't really expecting, with the radio success that I was having, and then with wanting to see how YouTube worked, because at the same time I had gotten a couple of clients in the video game space and in the software space that had their own YouTube channels, were working through a few things, and were getting specific data, and they wanted to talk to me about it. And I, as just a curious person, wanted to know more about what YouTube says to you as a content creator, what data it gets, what it gives to you, those kinds of things. I basically started up a channel um, and that was virtual legality. And so virtual legality is essentially a show where I try to take pop culture concepts, a lot of video games, but also movies, television shows, things that are in the news that hopefully, if you're just kind of thumbing through whatever it is you're thumbing through on the internet, you're otherwise interested in, but that has a business or legal component. And then I drill down on what that business or legal component might be, hopefully, you know, six or seven notches below what a legal brief might look like so that Mm. more people can be informed about not exactly the specifics of every granular detail of the law, but why they are seeing things happen the way they are happening. You know, why Microsoft might buy this company and not this company, what a company has to deal with when they are under potential acquisition terms and why you hear about contracts being signed, but closing is six months later. You know, we covered the the Fox Disney deal, which took like eight months between signing and closing because they had to go through all these regulatory things. But through that, that the channel was really formed because I've got this experience. I've got this knowledge. I've got this passion for, you know, nerdy stuff. I love all this, this stuff. And I think taking these difficult concepts, these kind of cold concepts like business and law, and looking at them through a prism of the stuff that you're otherwise interested in. Where the hell is Spider-Man? Why are Disney and Sony fighting about him? Can can get you a better understanding of what are otherwise these difficult concepts. And hopefully I'm doing a good job of that. I've been very surprised and happy with the growth of the channel. Um, but it's been a journey. It's it's interesting to see what works for people, what doesn't work for people. And uh, you know, as I've gone along, virtual legality really only started in November of 2018. So we're you know, 15 months old, give or take. Yeah. Uh, and, and things have been going well. I, I will say that uh, I I do listen to to some of the 
you know topics that you come up with oh god don't and, listen to them all oh i i, 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 I gotta I, tell everybody that i i listen to them, <laughs> I, I listen to them while i'm at work because you know i like to need, I, I need some background noise so uh, sure I, I go through my my said podcast and once i'm done with my podcast i start hitting the youtube pages up and uh i kind of think of your channel more like a, a neil degrasse tyson version of law like, you know, he always talks about physics and the stars and everything like that and kind of brings it down to, you know, the cultural, like, you know, stigmatisms of now. So when you kind of communicate, you kind of do the same thing, but in a legal standpoint and the the geek nerd type communication, how it is now, which is pretty much a very large standard that most people can understand. Yeah. Would you is well, it, would you say that's kind of how you kind of thought of going through the process? Yeah. I, first of all, I think that's a high compliment because I think Tyson does a great job of breaking down really complex things as a non-scientist. Uh, so I always enjoy that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, I think the other kind of component to that in terms of video games and pop culture in general is I was also seeing a, a large amount of divisiveness online in, in communities that I love. Right. I mean, I love video games. I love Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I love all these things that have, you know, to be honest, on the internet, a lot of people, you know, nipping at each other at mm -hmm. all times. Uh, and I do think that uh, some of that is never going to go away because some people are angry. They like to be angry. They like to be trolls, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. But a lot of people come at these things essentially from a, from a lack of understanding of just some of kind of the machinery at work uh, as to, you know, what a board of directors is looking at vis-a-vis -vis fiduciary duty mm -hmm. and what that means for whether or not there should be microtransactions and what it means to be the fiduciaries of another person's money uh, in, in kind of the video game landscape. That doesn't mean they make every decision right. God knows, Electronic Arts, I've had enough virtual legalities <laughs> talking about their decision making. But it does mean that when we can understand what a board of directors does, what the object of an officer's role in a corporation does, Maybe if you are angry about something with respect to Battlefront 2 or what have you, you're angry in the right direction. You know, you're, you're, you're mm -hmm. focused on what the issue is. You're focused on what the mistake is and, and kind of not making everybody miserable, kind of just flailing at various things. Um, and, you know, my, late, my most recent videos that have gotten a lot of traction in the last couple of days are about NVIDIA's GeForce Now. And I, we don't need to go into all the details about it, but there are confusion points amongst fans about how software licenses work, what NVIDIA is doing, why they probably need a license to do it, why they don't have one. And hopefully, you know, one of the things I try to impart on people in the video is I'm not telling you to like this. I'm not telling you to even not put pressure on folks to change things. I'm telling you what the status quo is right now, how these licenses work together, how the law works, so that you can understand what these current state of play is which parties have the leverage and which don't and direct yourselves appropriately in terms of who to be angry at even. Um, and I, I hopefully can bring a little bit of that. I generally think of myself as a somewhat kind of uh, sober thought process type person on these questions for the most part, because I'm a fan of everything. You know, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist as I know you all think of lawyers in general. We're just, you know, cheery, optimistic people. <laughs> and because of that optimism, I, you know, tell people, oh, hold on, I hit a switch the wrong way. I tell people, you know, why something that looks bad could potentially be good, why they shouldn't necessarily be angry about something and hopefully help enlighten or illuminate or educate or whatever makes the most sense for whatever topic we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So because your, your videos are very they're very detailed and there's a lot of information and your the, the amount of quality that you put into those videos to try to push uh, the knowledge of, of what you have and what you do does it take you a long time to produce those videos well the good news is you know one of one of my goals really since the start of virtual legality in in the tail end of 2018 was trying to figure out a way that I could make a series that I could fit into my work day. Yeah. Uh, and, and lawyers uh, are very often busy. 
And even when they're not busy, they're very often on call. My, my wife likes to joke with me about the fact that I'll tell her I've got a client emergency or something. And she's mm -hmm. like, what is a corporate lawyer? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, well, Close. whether or not it's an emergency in reality, my client views it as an emergency. And if I would like to keep that client, then we're going to treat yeah. it as an emergency. So it's a service profession. And like so many service professions, mm -hmm. you got to be able to react. So one of my first goals was what I call how, how, how low can we get this farm to table? Um, and for the first kind of early days of virtual legality, it was about six hours an episode. And that's not bad for yeah. like content on YouTube. It, it's not great for fitting into your, your legal day. Yeah. Um, so I've been working since then to try to kind of get it into a slot where I could do one, kind of frame it out in the morning, potentially tape it then, try to get into a place where they're releasing on some kind of regular schedule. Uh, but, you know, the, the good news is, is for the most part, a lot of what I do is kind of live. And if I don't cough or do those kinds of things, I can often do it kind of live edited live or, or editing on the fly. Mm -hmm. um, and so if I can do that and it doesn't require that extra step, uh, then I can go kind of farm to table within a couple hours. Yeah. Um, and at that rate, you know, I can get out a good episode and it's very kind of you to say they're very detailed and, and, and mm -hmm. you know, have a lot of depth. I essentially set up the tabs and, and figure out all the aspects I want to cover. And then when in my brain, I'm satisfied that we've got kind of coverage of the major points. You know, the one thing I, I tell people a lot in virtual legality is, you know, whole semesters of classes are going to be based on this one point I'm going to talk to you about for 30 seconds. Yeah. So you're going to you're going to get a taste of how these things work. But you know, this is a YouTube channel. It's not legal advice. Please, dear God, yeah. don't do something based solely on this one sentence. But here's the gist of how the law works in this. And, and you have a little bit better understanding and then potentially do deeper dives. You yeah. know, that that GeForce Now kind of video series I talked about, I did my normal kind of 30, 40 minute video last week. And then a lot of people commented on my social media and my Twitter and then comments of the videos, some not so nicely. And so I did another video that said, all right, I want to do a deeper dive responding to some of these things. This one was like an hour and 20 minutes, which is not ideal. YouTube hates those things. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but it's good. Like you get the opportunity to kind of talk with people. I've done a virtual legality live. I've tried kind of just experimenting yeah. with that format, having chat kind of talk to me about various things. Um, and we'll probably pursue some of that a little bit more into the future, but I'm still kind of experimenting with um, new and different things. Uh, very rare amounts of my content are scripted. Yeah. Um, I do, you know, the occasional joke virtual legality. I did a whole virtual legality, which analyzed the the failures of the easy allies to properly uh, adjudicate their betting special uh, under the laws that they had provided for bets regarding E3 reveals. Um, and that was all scripted out. And I used, you know, black and white imagery and like uh, deadline music uh, to talk about it like it was a murder. Um, okay. and, and have fun with those kinds of things. And then in the fall of last year, I had a whole long series, which you're probably familiar with in terms of your own space about COPPA because YouTube had the FTC uh, settlement and ev was warning everybody about COPPA compliance. And so a number of other content creators that I had talked to asked me about COPPA. Uh, and so I did a couple of videos on how the FTC works what the settlement does, how COPPA interacts with the channel creator on YouTube, what you need to know about clicking that not for kids button, all these kinds of things. And that wound up having some scripted content as well, where I said, all right, let's see mm -hmm. if how, how much I can shorten this. So it's bite size. Right. Um, because, you know, obviously I get paid by the hour so I can talk, uh, but it's often harder to kind of distill that down to 10 minutes. Right. Uh, you know, I, the joke I have with people is that some, some, you know, you're reading reset era, you're reading NeoGAF or whatever. And they talk about all oh, that. This guy is just filling in time to get to 10 minutes. And and the joke I always have is my God, if I could bring in one at 10 minutes, it would be a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Well, well that, that was like us when we were in PAX, a lot of the videos that we ended up doing, we, we tried to, we tried to push them to 10 minutes to fill them to 10 minutes. Sure. YouTube loves wanted, it. Wanted, I can't blame we anybody. Wanted, we want, <laughs> but we would want it to get like information from people. So we can, we can kind of see that. I just want to give a quick, quick shout out to gamer waves to Obi-Wan Watson, Xbox, Christopher Hart. Thanks you guys for, uh, you know, coming and stopping by. Uh, we greatly appreciate you guys for, for being here. Um, so, so Hoag, when you, when you said that you were cutting, cutting your time down for your videos, right? Yeah. Um, cause we, we know, 
we've we've heard you speak about it before and you have your kids and your wife like you were saying i do how do they how did how did they kind of perceive it that you were making like this youtube page because i i i'm i have personal family friends that are, are um that are lawyers also and I see how much work and time they put into stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know how they have times for a family and their job, let alone being, you know, a content creator. How did how did that work out for you and for them? Well, I mean, part of that story, right, is is part of what I talked about earlier, which yeah. is, you know, I was at big law. I was at the biggest law firm in Michigan and uh, I was working enough that, yeah, I looked around when I was made partner and didn't know that I wanted to do this. Part of that was I was worn out all the time. Yeah. Um, and I have no doubt that I wasn't that awesome to be around outside of work. And so one of the decisions that I made was, you know, we're going to give up big law partner money and we are going to try to trade some of that for a more family oriented existence. And so you know, Hogue Law, we work hard. We have good clients. I have clients that I love to death. If by some chance you're watching this, I love you. Uh, but uh, it's not the same kind of, you know, go find 3,000 hours to bill uh, type environment. Um, primarily because, you know, that just wasn't what I was interested in. So you add the YouTube channel. You know, Hogue Law Virtual Legality is a, a marketing vehicle in part, right? Mm -hmm that you get to do what I think I'm pretty good at, which is break down these legal issues and you get to talk about them. And now I have, you know, 204 episodes of virtual legality up there and I can point specific potential clients to specific videos. I can talk about what I've said. I can give examples of when I think I did a good job of breaking down what a merger or acquisition looks like. Um, now, one of the things I will tell you, I can't promise that this will ever come to fruition, but, you know, one of the things on my notepad of possibilities to do is, you know, contract breakdowns, uh, animated corporate form breakdowns, slightly more educational material, which I could hopefully still make fun that I could point people to even more directly. Um, those entrepreneurs that, you know, want to know the difference between an LLC and a corporate form, what it means to be S Corp versus C Corp, what it means to incorporate in Delaware versus Michigan, these kinds of concept questions that every client winds up asking that you could say, hey, here's a five minute or 10 minute case file type video, mm -hmm. check it out. And yeah, that's that's me, hopefully, God willing, showing off mm -hmm. and saying, yeah, look at this, this could be your lawyer and I know my stuff and, you know, look at it on, I'm willing to put it uh, globally to the world. And, you know, I now have 15,000 tweets and 250 videos and you can trust that I'm not gonna embarrass your company. Like I'm, I'm yeah. out there and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything you know, I'm not ninja out here saying yeah. weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's part of that. In terms of the family, I'll tell you this. You know, I was a you know law firm partner. Uh, I'm now of counsel to a bigger firm. I've got all the business cards with all that. I've got all the fancy diplomas on the walls and all that. Uh, my wife, my wife jokingly said, I don't know what subscriber number convinced her, but she said, yeah, you know, at the beginning, first of all, I thought nobody was going to be interested in that at all. Uh, that didn't sound like something that anybody would want to watch on YouTube. <laughs> and and then at some point she said, but I stopped being embarrassed about telling people that you were on YouTube a, a while ago. Um, this is a conversation we had. So it was, you, it was something you, subscriber you number. Well, you broke how many subs? Yeah, I don't know. Five, maybe 5,000. It's, I, you yeah. know, it's at some point she was like, oh, yeah, that's OK. And I'll be honest with you. I still consider myself a lawyer first. Um, you know, that's, that's how I feed my family. That's how I keep the lights on. Um, but I love talking about this stuff. The, the, the real trick is a lot of what I do for a virtual legality episode are the articles that I would be reading anyway, that kind of are the trigger for any given video. And then the research that I would do to kind of back up what I'm about to say, or my an analysis of whatever that kind of article brought up is kind of a little bit of what I would do anyway. So it was about taking the time that you kind of use in your day to uh, get a breather uh, or to kind of rest between opposing counsel conference calls or working on this you know, multi-million dollar deal and taking that and saying, okay, I am going to say things that I think are useful, that are educational, that are hopefully something that is going to be helpful to people, put it out there on the internet. And yeah, if it brings in a client or two in the future, 
you know, everybody's a winner. Yeah. Well, because of, because of, you know, I feel that what you, you kind of like produced your own little niche of, you know, of what you do, which, which is very intriguing to me. And, and I, and I, like I said before, I enjoy listening to, to what you have to say and it's very informative. And when I'm trying to think of how to word this, when you, now that you're talking about like, you know, your family with your wife and everyone's kind of like on board and enjoys this, how are you kind of putting your knowledge of what you're doing like to your kids? Do you kind of like being as a content creator as like, you know, doing the YouTube stuff, kind of showing them what this stuff is because it's, it's not easy to be a content creator but at the same time, like being a lawyer is not easy. <laughs> so, so it's like, you know what I mean? Like, cause how, how do you kind of like show that to your kids? Like how, how they can kind of grow. I well, know. I will say this, you know, the, one of the primary things in Hogue house is we have a real love for and a real support for the entrepreneurial spirit. Mm hmm. Right. So one of the things we had to explain in 2016 was, you know, I was taking a significant step down in salary. Mm -hmm. And so we had to cut Only off one Lobo per child. <laughs> <laughs> I think as I look at my shelf full of all the Lobos, um, I um, so but what we said is, you know, we were turning off some of the streaming services that we had. We were not going to, you know, one or two of the day camps that they wanted to go to over the summer. And we were making all these choices. And we had the conversation that said, you know, I want to work more with entrepreneurs and small business. I want to really kind of experience that. You know, I've worked with these entrepreneurs for more than a decade. I wanted to do that myself. I wanted to build something myself. And, you know, so we have that kind of love. So this is just an outgrowth of that. You know, they know Hoglaw is you know, a, a risk. You're, you're jumping off a cliff mm -hmm. to do something that is unusual. And Hoglaw in particular is unusual because I maintain these of counsel relationships with the bigger law firms and they allow me to have the other firm and it's a whole thing. And, you know, finding your way in the world, especially as the legal practice, I don't need to get into much of the details here, but the legal practice mm -hmm. is changing so rapidly with the digital world that the provision of legal services is not going to look the same at all at the end of my career that it looked like at the beginning mm -hmm. and kind of dealing with that, trying to be on the forefront of that, trying to, you know, understand legal technology. YouTube is part of that. Twitter is part of that. You know, when I was coming up with my marketing plan, the one thing I wanted to make sure of was that I was not the cheaper, smaller version of the big law firm I just left. Mm -hmm. And so that meant I wanted to be idiosyncratic. I wanted to have that social media presence that I describe as lawyers or people too. that you don't just have to be, you know, a suit wearing really formal lawyer. You, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll find me talking about Michigan sports, video games, you know, Disney movies, Star Wars, way too much Star Wars. Honestly, I, I can't talk about it anymore. I would, I would have died to see you like walk into a meeting wearing some like, 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 uh, what's it called? Um, Tommy Bahama shorts. Yeah. Like, you know, one of those like flowered shirts walking into a business meeting, be like, Hey guys, what's going on? Well, I'll tell you, I, you know, I, I roll my little robot BB eight around my office. Um, <laughs> and truth, truth be told, you know, I, I, I haven't worn suits for more than, you know, Oh God, maybe a dozen days since I left, uh, for the most part, my clients, uh, and this is a lot of clients, especially in tech, uh, don't necessarily want that lawyer relationship where they look like the other you know they don't want to hire the men in black to 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 run their yeah. their professional relationships because as a lawyer you are a representative of the client um so a lot of these you know companies want to be cool and, and young and hip or energetic or whatever you want to say and while i'm none of those things i don't have to wear a suit while i'm none of those things um so i try to go out and have those conversations but in terms of my kids you know, they see the YouTube, they, they sometimes watch some of the live broadcasts from like the other room, um, but they enjoy all of it. You know, they see the Hoglaw name on the building in our in our little town, Northville in Michigan. Uh, we have hats uh, and they love that. And I try to imbue that spirit. And, you know, now my youngest daughter is, uh, you know, signed up to have a table at a local art fair and and, and taking her art and, and selling it um, and just kind of having that 
you know, pride of purpose. And, and, and I think YouTube and Hoglaw and everything else goes into that. My wife has her own photography studio. Like that's, that's what we're about is, is yeah. kind of trying to imbue that in our kids. So I don't think it was ever kind of a barrier, uh, but in terms of the technology, they don't really watch YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, so they don't, I, you know, they certainly would never watch virtual legality. I, I jokingly said <laughs> when I was doing all the COPPA stuff, it's like, I feel pretty confident I can click this box that says not for kids, regardless of whether I'm talking about video games. But if you <laughs> want to come at me, FTC, you feel free. Um, and, you know, so I'm pretty proud of where they're at. I, I'm, I'm proud every day. And I, I don't think this takes anything away from that. And certainly, you know, it's kind of fun to be, uh, you know, 15 months out from saying, to you know, one of my friends at Easy Allies, what what mic should I get? I don't. How does this even work? And being able to teach yourself something new, right? Like curiosity is the best best thing. And so I say, all right, how do you edit a video? What does OBS do? How do you broadcast a video? How can it, what can you tweak? How does that interact with YouTube? How does that interact with YouTube Live? And kind of learning all that stuff, and then having some success, and getting you know a little commercial check every month is nice. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> so. So you say you, you end up, you've done a couple of live streams on your channel then. Yeah, I have. So how, how often have you done those and are you going to continue to do them like going forward for a little bit? You know, I'm going to have to figure out a place where they work. Uh, so we do Thabtoes live. Uh, Thabtoes are, are two hogs are better than one. My brother is a game developer at High Moon Studios okay. uh, working on Call of Duty. Uh, they're a subsidiary of Activision. Uh, and he worked on Ratchet and Clank, A Crack in Time. He's worked on a bunch of stuff. That's cool. Uh, and uh, so we do a, a show, which we got, I think we did six episodes in the last 18 months or something that we'd like to get to monthly. We tend to do those live because they're just kind of casual chats about video games, about what he sees in design. He plays all sorts of weird stuff, especially indie games, because he's always looking for, uh, you know, design tricks and, and cool stuff that's happening on the periphery of games. And so we have those talks. Those are almost always going to be live from now on, just because we like to have that interaction with the chat. It's helpful. It's not anything that needs to be planned. Yeah. Um, the other times I have done live episodes are when the unusual circumstance where something kind of pops late in the day, I've already recorded a formal virtual legality, but I think it's important to have another one to talk about something. Right. Uh, the, I think the last time this happened was Sony dropped out of E3 like I want to say at 8 p.m. or something yeah. like that. And so I just said, all right, I'm hitting the button and I'm, I'm going. Or maybe that isn't the most recent one. I think maybe the most recent one was the completely random IGN article that decided to call Tim Sweeney as having said there should be no politics in video games ever. And, and so in one of those where it's not necessarily something where I need a bunch of statutes or case law and I'm just going to talk about how ridiculous the headline is and how the, the, the article is missing the point, then I just pull up the article. I hit the live button. Unfortunately, I got my settings wrong or, or Discord yeah. or whoever, whatever I was doing got my settings wrong. So I'd sound like a robot with like four voices. It's Discord. Uh, <laughs> but um, I do that and I can do that on the fly. Um, so it's like it's one of those where generally speaking, if it's going to be a feisty version of me and it's going to be kind of more of an op ed than a than a than a, a legal kind of deep dive, uh, those can be live. Um, and so. That's kind of what I'm doing. Uh, for the most part, what I use now, uh, which is you know a recorded OBS and, and goes straight on, is essentially a live broadcast, but I don't do it live uh, in case, like today, the, the one that I did right now uh, wound up being like an hour and 20 minutes, and I wound up coughing a bunch. Yeah. And so you have to go in, you have to edit that. You have to edit it, yeah. So you, you said that you're... Your parent, your your father was very pro gaming. Absolutely. So he was very programming to the point where I feel like your brother, since he is working as a game developer, and you are you, for layman's terms, if you will, more of a gaming type lawyer. Why did you go towards being like a lawyer instead of a gaming developer or gaming? type of person like you know one of those types of uh branches um because i evaluated my options for career financial success okay. uh and, and came up primarily with business and law in terms of things that i i also liked 
Um, so, you know, my, my brother loves games. Mm -hmm. uh, we designed a couple of apps together, loved that process, cool. made, made no money on it. Um, but, Black you know, I'm, I, I go back to college and I love economics. Uh, and mm -hmm. so my degree is in economics. Mm -hmm. um, and then I look at that and I say, all right, what am I going to do with this? I could go to business school or I could go to law school. Um, I love video games, but it's one of those things where I always describe it to my brother like this. It's like, you know, there's a lot of restaurants I love, but I don't necessarily want to be involved in making the food for myself. Like I like the magic and mystery. And whenever you show me like how these things work in video games, I don't want to know. I don't want to see behind the curtain uh, because I love this stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a, a theater patron than, than, a, than a member of the drama class. Um, and so he went that direction and you know, it's, it's, it's a hard life, you know, making your way in the video game industry has a lot of tumult, has a lot of turnover. Working any job in Southern California is just tricky to get enough money to, you know, ha have a family and, and make everything work. And I was always in kind of the focus of staying in the Midwest. I love Michigan. I always have. And I got into Michigan law school, which was essentially my dream school. You know, if you're, if you're applying to these places and you, you submit various applications and you say, I, you know, we'll see about that one. You know, Michigan's a top, a top 10 law school. And it was in Ann Arbor. I've always loved the area. I've always been a Michigan Wolverine fan. I got in and then it was kind of, okay, that's the way I'm supposed to go. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I did law and then I wanted to do transactional law. Didn't want to be a litigator. Uh, you know, some one of the things that even people that contact me online uh, don't necessarily realize is th there's a bunch of different specialty areas of law, but the big kind of divide is that there are litigators, which are the people you think of when you think of law and order and everything else. They go to court, they yell objection. Yep. It's Phoenix Wright. And there are the transactional attorneys, which nobody knows what they do. That's what I've been doing for 15 years. And they put together contracts. They negotiate transactions. They do deals. I love that. I usually describe it as, I want to bring people together rather than, you know, negotiate yeah. their divorce. And so I've been doing that forever. I love that. I, I feel like I have a good understanding of how businesses think and operate and function. And that's a very useful skill for figuring out how to negotiate contracts and try to make sure that everybody's happy, but that your client isn't uh, overly exposed to something bad in the contract language. And from that kind of skill set arose this, desire and I hope ability to communicate what I see when I read a sentence in a contract and what's happening there. Right. So, um, I mean, L you, uh, you can, you can kind of back me up a little on this because you're, you're like me, you, you've worked in the, the IT field, um, mm -hmm. for a long time. Like when, when you, when you were going for IT, and we had we had a similar type of situation where you have to pick like your tracks, if you will, like your information system or your um, customer service skills, or or I think the other one's a graphical artist. Like, you know, mm -hmm. how you had to pick those tracks. Like when like like Hogue is talking, like he had to pick his different path between you know going through his to, to his law side or going to his like his gaming side did you kind of feel like that way too when you were going through it when you when because the way you picked yours i mean i switched like halfway through it too because i was going to be an accountant at first and then i got to go to one of the firms and i was like no way <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not doing this and well, then good. i um but like I'm also like a single mom and stuff too, so I was just like the the hours that you guys are expecting are just like not conducive with me. So, um, but yeah, so I ended up doing information systems because the same school uh, does information systems at my schools. So uh, within one school is accounting and information systems. So I was able to switch over with ease, and then I uh, did uh, the business systems because I had a little bit of coding, but not heavy coding. And um, yeah, so that's why I'm a PM now. PMBA. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I I feel like that's that's almost like everybody when they are going through trying to figure out which way they're where they're going with their path. I mean, like even even MJ talked to me about it a couple a couple of weeks. I think it was like a week ago. He was talking about uh, him declaring his major in college and stuff. It's it's one of those things that I always find fascinating to people because people 
will pick where they want to go. Like originally I was going to school to be a chef. I love cooking. Um, you, you, I know with the pizza L you're going to yell at me about the pizza again, Yes. but, um, you know, I love to cook, but then I realized I would never be home for my family for holidays. And like, that's like a huge, like deal breaker for me. And that's why I went to it. So I kind of, from the way that Hogue you were talking, kind of you kind of felt similar to go that that's like kind of same way. In terms of what happened with me, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I'm actually, you know, first of all, I think it's absolutely great when I hear those kinds of stories where you you went and you checked it out and you changed your mind because I think that, I think that too many people get locked in and don't take that signal, uh, and and get into a place where they're much more unhappy. I, I usually talk to my clients about you want to fix things as early as possible because it's going to be much more expensive in terms of legal fees, but also emotionally and psychologically going down the wrong road and having to kind of change course then. So I, I love those stories because I had a number of friends that kind of went down the wrong path and, and it was pretty obvious to the rest of us and took a while to kind of get back to where they were going. I didn't have that experience primarily because I was always pretty focused on what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So my father who loves video games was a lawyer and I was in debate and I was in model UN and that went with my economics. I got into the law school I wanted to do. And so there weren't a lot of times where I kind of changed course, except of course that, you know, I worked at a large law firm for a long time and decided well earlier than when I made partner, if we're being honest, that, you know, I, I was going to do something different with the rest of my career. Um, and so that wasn't the same kind of decision where I, I say, oh, definitely not that, et cetera, et cetera. But it was the kind of thing where I say, okay, I want to get X, Y, and Z out of this relationship. Mm -hmm. And then I want to go a different direction. So, you know, my wife will tell you, I make my decisions and I stick with them for forever, <laughs> right? Yeah. right or wrong. Depends yeah. on the tone, depends on the mood uh, when you have that, that conversation. You'll lay yeah. on that bed of nails. <laughs> <laughs> but um no it, it's I, I got into a situation where i think i always knew that gaming was for my personal psyche too volatile of an industry with not enough financial mm -hmm. upside for me to to work within that and i mm -hmm. respect my brother and i love the people that you know he was at school with at the guild hall down at southern methodist that you know had given up jobs to go and pursue this. I think that's just awesome. And the world is a better place for folks that do that. Uh, but it, it's not me. It's not, it's mm. not the way I'm built. So kind of, kind of, kind of a little, uh, little, little bit to expand on that, um, with a, with a little bit of questions and stuff. So sure. MJ, MJ and I, uh, we, uh, not, not this past, uh, you know, 2020, but 2019 when we were, when we were in PAX East, we, we saw all those indie developers, right? You remember them, MJ? Um, yeah. yeah, like, and you saw how hard they were working, yeah. uh, and, and how, um, they kind of, a lot of those people put like, put their lives pretty much on hold mm -hmm. to complete their games. Oh yeah. But, you hear about people mortgaging their houses and things. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we have those games, but man, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. But like, what, what, um, I'm trying to think of one of the games that like, like one finger death punch, like those guys, like that guy made that amazing game. And he had the one game which, like, they just on the Steam community like destroyed him with uh, with questions and stuff. And then we go there, and and he was probably one of the most energetic people, right, MJ? Like he he, yeah. he was so he was so good with it. Yep. And he like he he wanted he's just like I I want people to play my game. I love it. And I was like thumbs up. So it was intriguing. Now we were kind of, we were, we were talking about it a little before and uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to continue to talk about it, but uh, um, before I want to talk to you now about it, um, you were saying you, the, the, the whole stuff with the conventions for you, it's kind of, oh, yeah. it's kind of difficult for you to go out to them. You're saying. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, certainly in my past life, there wasn't a lot of reason to, um, I have, uh, for the longest time taken a half day on the Monday of E3 to go, you know, watch the press conferences and enjoy that kind of stuff because I, I love the industry. Uh, but it was really only after I separated off and, and started Hogue Law, started marketing with easy allies and doing those kinds of things, having the quotes in various places like IGN that, uh, I was approached to potentially participate in some panels and do that kind of thing. It is something that I would like to pursue in the future. What, what I think I mentioned to you before we started the show was it, it's tricky 
Uh, you know, lawyers aren't like doctors uh, in the same way that they're on call and they have to run into surgery or whatever it is that they do. But we are kind of always responsible for being responsive to client mm -hmm. emergencies. And Hoglaw is such a small outfit that my clients are, you know, pretty close to kind of family relationships. And I can't hand it off to person X or person Y that you might at a really large law firm. You mostly have to start handling that yourself. So mm -hmm. I am... You know, I, I haven't taken a vacation or left anywhere without my laptop ready to go it, since I started in, in 2016. I think everybody in my family has kind of gotten used to that. You know, I closed a really big deal up in the woods in northern Michigan um, <laughs> on, on my cell phone, which, hey, is a really cool thing that we can do in, in our lives now. Right. But it also means that you're constantly always a little bit available, even if you don't want to be. But at least it uh, be a good, really good story, you know. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. And, and I remember it very vividly because I was trying to close this deal for weeks. I knew we had a rental place. We went up and I'm like on the phone. We're driving in these backwood streets to get to a specific place on Lake Michigan. And we get there and I'm, I'm on this call and I get the text that says, uh, you know, when you close a deal, essentially the, the, the Fed reference number is here. The money has been transferred. We are closed. Congratulations, everyone. And I'm like, Thank God, you know, closing is yeah. such a weight off your shoulders because you've been working so hard on it for so long. And it's really cool that you can do it in the woods. It also means like one of the things is, I, I said, I did it in the woods, the rental place I got up north, I had to check like six ways from Sunday to make sure it had a strong Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't be one of these cabins in northern Michigan that I couldn't get connected to. And it's very funny because you go and you ask for advice for this kind of stuff online and people are always trying to be helpful. But a lot of the advice you get is, oh, you should disconnect and you shouldn't you know, be looking for that kind of stuff. And it's like, I, I know, I know. I can't do that. Let's pretend I can't do that. Do you know which house has Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I want uh, an Airbnb with a no, it's really, true. really big bed. And people but... are trying to be helpful. It's like, oh, no, you need, to, you need to disconnect. That's the only way you can really vacation. It's like, no. maybe. That might be true. However, trying to grow a small business, so let's pretend I need that Wi-Fi. I will say, <laughs> I, when, when, I took my, when I took a cruise in... I think it was 2005, 2005 or four into five, whatever it was. Yeah. And we, we were in the Caribbean and I st still cell phones still didn't have like the technology they have today. It was like a slider phone with just, you know, regular like keypad to text people back and forth. Sure. I remember not being able to like text my friends that, you know, and I was just like going crazy. So just to imagine <laughs> now thinking about all of that like because i always have to have an internet connect internet connection um because of my job even like we're on call like you know one week out of the month and you know even yeah even like even with uh with cog and the podcast and the team and everything like sometimes he's just like yo can you get this for me i can't get it i'm stuck here can you do this like i'm like his backup so it's like I always have to have some type of internet connection. So I can understand, you know, needing to have that, even though people are telling you to disconnect me, I will never disconnect. I'm too much of a workaholic. <laughs> I think my well, wife will like wants to kill me when we go on vacation. I'm, <laughs> but uh, it's one of those things that sometimes, you know, you have to like, L, when you go to Disney, how much do you love disconnecting when you go to Disney? Or are you just like Instagram posting every single food and every single ride you're on? No, I'm like really bad about that. My friend that I'm usually with is like doing does it all the time. So then like I'll start doing it. But for the most part, like I just enjoy like Disney, you know? It's it's Disney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the on the polar opposite, we have MJ, who is our Snapcat, uh, Snapcat, Snapchat king. I think you just invented an app there. I, I <laughs> did. Let's Snapcat. Let's call your brother after this hook. <laughs> <laughs> And look, see, Cognito just said it. He goes, and damn good backup. Snaldo's OCD has saved me countless times. Yes, it has. I can't even tell you how many times. But yes, it, it is good. Um, So, uh, MJ, do you have any questions for Hogue? I do not, to be honest. I think you asked them all. I, 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 have, I have so many more questions, but I know, I know, we're, getting, <laughs> I know we're rounding up. Oh, we're rounding up time right now. Uh, what about you, L? 
Sorry, I was muted for a second. But I wanted to ask, uh, Hope, what is like the dumbest thing you think you've seen a company <laughs> do? Like, leave uh, it, you know? like, as, in, in, I guess as far as like contracts, we can zone in. Yeah. You know, I, I'll say this. So, a lot of the times, uh, people are coming to me right before they want to, say, sell their company. Right. I haven't been there a lawyer. Maybe they haven't even had a lawyer. I do a lot of work with family run businesses where they're retiring and they've had a really good run and they're going to make a lot of money and they're going to go sip my ties on the beach or something. Um, but a lot of the times their documentation is really, really bad. Uh, and one of the pieces of advice I try to give clients is it really, really is a lot less expensive to get it right at the front end and just kind of roll with that then to say, okay, there's a potential buyer or a potential investor or a regulatory agency, God forbid, that wants to look at everything. We need to have this cleaned up. And it's like, okay, well, if we have to have it cleaned up, then that's six different repair documents. And then we have to do filings and all this stuff. And you know, that's a $15,000 bill instead of a $3,000 bill. And I, I, I try to impress that on people, but that's the kind of stuff that I see most often. Actual stupidity that probably falls under the, the realm of things like, oh, we did something that wasn't allowed in our governance documents, or we needed a board vote that we never took 10 years ago, and now this person is suing us because they think they own shares when they were rescinded, only we don't have the right documentation for it. All of these calls, of course, end with me saying, let me get you a litigator. Um, <laughs> and you know that that's it. But in terms of the actual news stories, you see kind of silly stuff all the time. Business decisions, I like to tell people, you know, one of the things you see on Reddit or NeoGAF or wherever you're reading your video game news is, you know, these these businesses have 100 lawyers and they have 6,000 business analysts. And so they understand what the market is doing X, Y, or Z. And, and the one thing I try to communicate to everybody is 100%. They've got a lot of research. They, they understand why they took this action. It does not mean it is the right action. Corporations are still made up of humans making decisions and they can make mistakes no matter how much research they have. So when we talk about something like, you know, loot boxes and oversaturation of those things, that can happen because Electronic Arts thinks that everything needs a loot box because they've read all the research and then people love loot boxes, but they're operating in a universe that hasn't existed before, which is the universe where EA puts a loot box in every single thing that they have. Uh, and so, you can still make a mistake even when you're trying to pursue a good option. And that's what I try to impart to people is human beings are running this whole show. What, from, from writing the contracts that are the Steam end user license agreement to writing the laws that we're talking about, it's humans all the way down and everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how he describes things. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's so to the point though, it makes a lot of sense. Like, like you're saying, if, if you're bringing everything to the table in your first time, there's no, you don't have to do it twice. Like that's, that's like my biggest pet peeve. Like <laughs> if, if I like to do things once, if we have to do it twice, so be it. But if I have to do it a third time because you're not fully giving me information, it's terrible. Like I've had people, I've had people in my office come to me and go, "I have a problem with my laptop," and I'm like, "What's wrong with your laptop?" And they're like, "I don't know, it doesn't sure. work." <laughs> and like I take it and I open it up and I look at it and I'm like, "Um, is the keyboard's not working? Did, did something happen to the keyboard? I don't know what happened to the keyboard." And it's like I took it, I open it up, I look at it, and I'm like. You poured a whole cup of coffee on your keyboard? <laughs> Where did this Hawaiian punch come from? Yeah. yeah. And, and they're like, I don't know how that happened. It's like, dude, just tell me you poured a <laughs> cup of coffee on your keyboard. And then I wouldn't have had to waste my time trying to figure out why your keyboard doesn't work. You know, it's, it's the truth. It's yeah. absolutely the truth. It's it's just it's just how how it is. I'm sorry, Elle. Do you have any more for, for Hoke? 
No, that was pretty much the question that I've been wanting to ask this whole time. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping for something a little more juicier, but you know. <laughs> well, you know, there are circumstances where I can tell you that uh, actions that my clients have taken have wound up in multinational litigation, uh, but I can't actually give details on those kinds <laughs> right, of things. <right>. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'll t I'll tell you later offline. No, so uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but I I I, fully, I get you. I understand. All right, MJ, you sure you're good? Yep. Okay, I just want just want to make sure because Cog is yelling at you big time in chat. Right I know. Now. I know. <laughs> it's like it's like Dad's yelling at you. So um, yeah, that's that's the ethics rules, Lord Cognito. Hogue is no snitch is actually put into the Michigan bar ethics rules. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's got his own line. Um, Attorney client privilege. <laughs> exactly. So um. So Hogue, why don't you uh, why don't you kind of tell us uh, where everybody can find you, your information, uh, you know, where where we where we can find everything about you? Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, we are marketing a law firm very twenty first century style. So you can find me on Twitter, where I'm commenting pretty constantly at Hogue Law, uh, spelled as you see on your screen here, H O E G L A W. Uh, and otherwise on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Hoglaw, same spelling, where we do virtual legalities. I think we're averaging now between three and four a week, uh, give or take. Now that can change on any given week. If I'm in a big deal, uh, you know, you'll see four days go by where it's like, what, what, what happened to Hogue? I hope he didn't die. Uh, and it's, you know, the, the law stuff has to come first. That's what really kind of feeds the family. So I'm, I'm on there. You can find me there. I, I respond to as many tweets and as many comments on my videos as I can. I love to have those discussions, regardless of whether you think I'm an idiot in whatever I said about my video. If you do it civilly, I have a, a saying, I, I think reasonable disagreement is the spice of life. I love to understand where other people are coming from. I'm never going to get mad at you for you coming in and telling me that I'm wrong. So come on in, follow the channel, subscribe. Listen to what I say about GeForce now. Tell me how I got every license wrong. I don't deserve my bar license. Uh, and uh, you're going to explain to me exactly why copyright mm -hmm. law is the opposite of what I say it is. I will have that conversation and I'll tell you why you're wrong, but we'll have a good time of it. That's that's the thing I like about if you actually read your comments, you actually, you actually explain things in a way that doesn't make you feel stupid. Hopefully, I, God I willing. Mean, I mean, that's some people the, are coming pretty hard at me on this GeForce Now stuff, man. Well, well, well apparently, Cognito's <laughs> going to get out on that because he's already calling you out on it in chat. So he <laughs> says, "Fantastic." Oh, so, if oh, he comes okay. after me, it'll be in DMs or something. <laughs> that's that's how he always goes. He always yells in <laughs> DMs. So, well, I'm very, very thankful that you were able to take your time. I mean, you and I, we've been discussing for a long time about probably since December for you to come on just to to kind of you know talk about your show and everything and i greatly appreciate you know you yeah i really appreciate the, the invite absolutely it, it, it's been it's been a while and very very little little crazy on on my end from everybody else's so um now uh now now mr mj you, you sir uh where can we find you um let's see here you can find me on snapchat at beat 101 you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BeattyMJ. And what's popping you? Yeah, that's about it. Okay. What about you? Okay. That sounds good. Well, uh, you know, same stuff. Same stuff as always. So, well, thank thank you very much. We'll, we'll make sure we keep an eye out. And hopefully you'll get your streams back going, uh, hopefully, as soon as, uh, you know, se Maybe semester's over. You get some time. Maybe over the summer. Maybe the summer. Good. good. We, 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 I enjoy my MJ Scary Streams. I miss them. Oh God, no! Oh yes, yes. There will be a scary stream. No, I I will make it happen. No, you will, you, you will magically get a code in the mail and be like, MJ, you must play the scary game. What's the <laughs> next scary game coming out? I don't I don't know, but I'll find one. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> I would be. <laughs> and L, what about you? Where can we find you? Um, L Boogie 0208 on Twitter and L Boogie 0208 on Mixer, and I'm there Tuesday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m., and then um, on Saturday mornings at GWG Podcasts on YouTube. Sounds good, and everybody should definitely check them out on on Saturdays. Uh, I can't the the group of ladies you have. I, I love them all. I love listening to them talk. I love 
listening to your conversations. I, I just the the amount of passion that you four ladies have. I can't like I don't understand why more people aren't watching you because you 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 ladies are amazing. So just want to make sure you realize that from me. Well, thanks. Make sure you spread the word. Oh, I oh I, I spread the word like Corona. So um, <laughs> so uh, I, I try I try. And uh, everyone uh, everyone knows me. It's Snaldo S N A L Y D O. I am on everything pretty much. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Twitch, uh, from Monday to Friday, except for when I'm here, um, sometimes on Saturdays and Sundays, pending if my wife is working. And um, yeah, and in, in Discord, Iron Lords Podcast Discord, if you want to, you know, get in there, uh, you can DM me or anything, uh, and all on all fun things, and you know in there so uh yes and uh, i'd like to thank everybody else for stopping in today uh you know gave a shout out to a bunch of people before cognito thanks for stopping in checking in i hope we made your life a little easier uh we'll have this show up on youtube uh, once we are done we will have it up on all the po you know podcast uh locations uh uh what's it called spotify iTunes, uh, Google Play, all those fun things there. If anyone has any questions, please email us at roundtablestreamteam at gmail.com so we can ask our questions to our guests. We greatly appreciate you doing that. Uh, Iron Lords Podcast, 1 o'clock on Sundays. Go check those guys out. Those are our friends over there. Uh, they're great. Also, go check out lordsofgaming.net for all your gaming news. The amount of team there i can't tell you being able to work with them hand in hand with packs with only a small group of us the passion and everything oh i, I your pack stuff was great oh it was it was so good it, it was intense i mean cognito he is a, a slave driver he had us doing interviews every half hour oh i believe it so he seems that way from 10 from 10 from 10 to 4 except for lunchtime half hour interviews and we had two groups going nonstop and it, and it was great and some of the interviews we had uh i'm speechless meeting eric chahi uh meeting all the guys from um oh my god i'm blanking on their names like the wizard 101 guys and all those guys uh, uh, platinum games meeting all of them meeting the the three youtubers uh those those individuals who i'm hoping to try to see if we can get them on the show you know all of them was fantastic so it was it was great thank you thank you for uh you know for doing that because that's i think that's a big deal for us that's a great you know a lot of love for us so and as you all know this is around table with the stream team if you go ahead and um hit us up uh on twitter you can go ahead and follow us there on table stream uh that's where we end up giving you information about our guests that are coming up when the podcast goes live and a little uh i'm going to try to give you a little more tidbits of information from the other uh lords of gaming uh team and uh remember everyone to dream big and keep gaming and we will see everyone next week thank you and bye everybody <laughs>